Welcome to episode 103 of Inside Job with V and Pam. This week, V shares some thoughts on how we might play the cards we are dealt when life gets real. We hope you enjoy this one-woman episode. Hello and welcome to Inside Job with V and Pam. We're here to share and discuss ways that we have found joy, meaning, self-love, and purpose in our life journeys. Though our lives have unique trajectories and we all have our own experiences, one truth remains constant. Change is an inside job. Our wish is to share at least one spark that lights your inner flame, helping illuminate what's true for you so that you can find your next right steps. Hey there, this is Virginia. Before we head to today's episode, I'd like to tell you about a couple of offerings from Vila Bassi Transformational Coaching. The first is a free oracle card reading. This is a brief introduction into the ways that oracle cards can bring you clarity and help you remember what's most important to you so that you can find your next right action along your life journey. The second is a mini coaching session If you're curious about coaching or cards, or just have a couple of questions before you dive in deeper, you can find the links to both of these in the show notes, and I look forward to meeting you for a card reading or a quick chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's podcast. This is Virginia, and I am here solo today. I want to dive into some thoughts that have been swirling around since our last episode when Pam and I talked about what if hope doesn't spring eternal? We started talking about hope in times of difficulty. And one thing I wanted to acknowledge is this. Difficulty, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. There are many people, some of whom we know, some of whom we see, some of whom we'll never meet, who would look at my interpretation of difficulty and laugh out loud because their struggle is daily survival. And as I was thinking about our discussion around hope, what I recognized is that hope is available to all of us, and it becomes more difficult to access the more we are putting energy into simply surviving. So I wanted to acknowledge that when Pam and I are talking about topics like this, we are not expressing we are not pointing out that our lives are necessarily difficult. What we are more bringing to the table is a discussion about the human condition in general, a discussion about the fact that we all experience these thoughts and these situations in our lives and the depth of them, we are not here to compare one person's story to another. We are not here to take the action of what some people call one-upping and one-downing, where we are judging ourselves and other people to either be in a better position or a worse position. 
we've talked for a long time about comparison being a trap. And we've talked about comparison being a judgment of ourselves. Even when we're judging other people and saying, well, at least at least I don't have to deal with that every day, we can then just as easily turn around and say, oh, and I have to deal with all of this. So I wanted to air that out because it's something that's been on my mind since we published that episode about hope not springing eternal. And what I want to talk about today is along those same lines. Again, I'm not comparing one situation to another. I'm not putting my life in the spotlight and saying, this is a terrible struggle. Woe is me. What I want to be clear about is that we all struggle, each of us. No matter what our external circumstances are, no matter what our lives look like from outside, no matter what someone else sees when they look at our situations, the struggle is not necessarily what's going on around us or outside us. The struggle is created by the stories we attach to what is going on around us or outside us or even within us. And that's the jumping off point where I want to start today. I want to talk about what we can do when life starts to get real. And I mean real by way of struggle, by way of difficulty. Whether you judge my difficulty as difficult or whether I judge your difficulty as difficult, that's a trap, right? We're not here to stand up and decide whether we are doing better or worse than someone else. I would invite you instead to ask yourself, how can I deal with this differently, whatever this struggle is, whatever this difficulty is? So I want to refer to a quote that I bungled last week by Cheryl Strayed. And I said something about being dealt cards and playing them. And I didn't really say it very well. So I went and I looked up the quote and it is this, you don't have a right to the cards you believe you should have been dealt. You have an obligation to play the hell out of the ones you are holding. None of us, none of us has a right to demand what we think we're entitled to. Because here's the thing. (laughs) We are all given this opportunity to live our lives. We are each given the same number of minutes in an hour, the same number of hours in a day. And while we are not all given the same length of time to experience our lives, We are all given the opportunity to play the hell out of the cards we're holding. So what do we do when life gets real, when shiz gets real, when it's not fun anymore and it starts to be a struggle and we have to make difficult decisions and there's nobody else to turn to? What do we do? 
How do we deal these, excuse me, how do we play these cards that we've been dealt? Well, just the same way as you may have seen other people or you may yourself have reacted in a card game or a board game or a a pretend game on the playground. You can throw your cards in the air and you can storm off. This game is stupid. I hate this. I never wanted to play cards in the first place. You can yell and cry and gnash your teeth and demand a different hand. This isn't what I wanted. This is unfair, right? I never asked for this. Or you can take a breath. You can pause. And you can ask yourself, how do I want to show up in this situation? I've got a shit hand here. How do I want to handle this? And this is where I'm going to bring clarity in because clarity is what we get when we ask, how do I want to show up for this? Who do I want to be in this situation? Right? When we can ask ourselves those two questions and remind ourselves of what's most important to us, not the outcome of the situation, but what are your core values? Where do you stand? How do you want to show up? Not for other people. Not It's not performative. How do you want to show up for yourself? Do you want to fall apart? Do you want to crumble? Do you want to be fragile? Do you want to be a victim? Do you want to be hurt and offended and wounded by everything that somebody else says? There are people who choose this. There are people who live their lives this way. There are people who say, if you don't, if you're not with me, then you're against me. And I find that the more we separate ourselves in those ways, the more we isolate ourselves. And the more our thought processes and our reflections and our mindset and our worldview get narrower and narrower, because we are not taking the opportunity to look to the horizon to see what's ahead of us. We are pulling in tighter and tighter and constricting and confining because we believe we're protecting ourselves. So when shiz gets real, how do you want to show up for yourself? Who do you want to be in that situation? The reason I'm asking this is because it's coming up in my own world, in my own personal life, not necessarily my immediate family, all is well, in my extended family and in the choices that I have coming to me in the next six months, in the next year, things are starting to get real. And I am starting to ask myself some questions that feel, they feel serious. And I could get bogged down by the seriousness of the questions. I could get stuck on, what if I make the right decision? What if I make the wrong decision? What if I make a decision that I don't like? What if I make a decision that somebody else doesn't like? Those are really all just distractions (laughs) because the truth is that I can make a decision and take an action 
and it is simply bringing me more information. It is simply telling me whether I want to continue in that arc or whether I need to reassess and make a different choice and gain some more information. A dear friend sent me some writing by a man whose whose pen name is Young Pueblo. One of the things that caught my eye was manage your reactions, but do not suppress your emotions. He talks about emotional maturity. Part of growing into maturity and reclaiming your power is taking ownership over the reactions that are happening in your mind. And this is what I mean when I talk about stories that we attach to what's happening. Most of us, myself firmly included, don't recognize our reactions. We don't recognize how we get stuck in those loops. And we give other people or situations the power to control how we feel. You made me act this way. That made me sad. He makes me so angry. When we give our power away like that, we don't have the opportunity to do anything except tell ourselves that story over and over. He makes me so mad I could I could just scream. What if instead we owned our emotions? What if instead we took accountability for how we're feeling? And again, manage your reactions. Don't suppress your emotions. When we suppress our emotions, we trap that energy inside our bodies and we can say, oh, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. What we're really doing is basically storing that energy where it's going to stagnate and it's going to start to change into all I can picture is goop. It's going to start to transform. It's going to start to, in a way, rot. And when we suppress our emotions, when we suppress that energy, it comes out sideways. It comes out in behaviors and actions that we wouldn't necessarily actively choose, right? But when we're on autopilot, we're not actively choosing a lot of our actions and behaviors anyway. So when shiz gets real, and you feel yourself starting to flounder, you feel yourself pointing the finger outward and saying, this makes me sad, or he makes me angry, or she makes me feel stupid. What if instead, you just allowed yourself to feel what you feel? I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel afraid. Allowing ourselves to feel what we feel informs what we're going to do next. Taking accountability for our emotions is a step in the direction of emotional maturity. And Pam and I talked about this a while back too. When we begin to master our emotions, it doesn't mean that we conquer them. It doesn't mean that we win our emotions. Well, in a way it does. It means that we take accountability for our emotions, that we don't give away our power to other people through making them responsible for our emotions. Instead, we take accountability for our own emotions. And I find even that when life starts to get difficult, when I own my emotions, I can begin to say, okay, this is the way I'm feeling. What would I like to do about this? I'm feeling sad. Would I like to sit in my sadness? Maybe. Sometimes, you know, having a good cry or moping around is a way that we can allow ourselves to experience that emotion. 
it doesn't mean we have to be stuck there. It doesn't mean that we have to be trapped in sadness. It simply means that we're allowing ourselves to experience the the depth of that feeling so that we can release that energy, right? So owning our emotions is a way to play these cards that we're holding. To get back to Cheryl's quote, I don't have a right to demand cards that only bring me happiness and joy. I do have an obligation to play the cards that also bring me sadness or anger or fear, right? So when I recognize what I'm feeling, when I label it, when I allow myself to feel it, I am already playing the cards I'm holding. When I ask for clarity, who do I want to be in this situation? Do I want to be sad and mopey to everybody I see? Do I want to spread that energy around? Not necessarily. And with a few people that I know, like, and trust, with people that I love, that I know can hold the space for me, because I also hold space for them with my inner circle, I will express my sadness. Because for me, having that support is part of what helps me move through the emotion. When I know that someone I love cares about how I feel and is there simply to listen, not to fix, not to cajole me out of, not to quote unquote cheer me up, but simply to say, I hear your sadness. That sounds rough. I'm here for you. Just knowing that someone is in my corner goes a long way. That's another way to play that card that I've been dealt. A third way is to practice acceptance. What does that mean? Acceptance doesn't mean, oh, that's okay with me. Acceptance is allowing myself to see the truth of what is. So a dear friend of mine, for as long as her kids have were small, all the way till now, and so she has now young adults in their early 20s and late teens, in their house, they have had a spot called the Not Fair Couch. And that is where anyone has been free to sit when they feel like they just want to mope for a, for a little while. It's not fair, and I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to sit on the Not Fair Couch and feel bad. And when they sit on the Not Fair Couch, everyone else recognizes, oh, something's not fair, and... They get to choose whether they're going to engage with the person on the not fair couch or whether that person just needs some space. My friend just today said to me, you know, I've been thinking about changing the name of the not fair couch to the what is couch. Because when I believe something is not fair, that means I've been somehow given a raw deal and that I deserve something different. When I sit on the what is couch, I create space for myself to feel bad, to feel sad, 
to feel mad, and then to recognize whether or not I like it. This circumstance is what is. So how do I want to show up for what is? I love this so much because it provides clarity in a way that the not fair couch obscures, right? When we believe that something is not fair, it means that we have somehow gotten the short end. Somebody else has has gotten all the goodies and we've been stuck with the crumbs. What if everybody's got crumbs? And whether or not anybody else has crumbs, is that our business? No. Our job, our obligation is to play the hell out of the cards we're holding. So if I'm going to sit on the couch and decide who I want to be and how I want to show up in any given situation, I am going to choose to sit on the what is couch to find acceptance so that I can recognize whether or not I like this, whether or not I like knowing that someone dear to me is ill and will never be fully recovered, whether or not I like understanding that for someone I love, this is as good as it gets, whether or not I know how this is going to unfold in general, right? Because none of us knows all the details. I don't have to like it. When I can accept it, I begin to regain my clarity. I begin to understand who I want to be for this beloved in my life, how I want to show up for this beloved in my life and who and how I want to be for myself as I take accountability for my behaviors and actions in this circumstance, in this situation. This is a hard circumstance. Watching someone that we love as they decline is not comfortable. It is not joyful. It is not easy. And yet, it is what is. So when it gets real, when you feel difficulty creeping up, when you see that something is not going to change, when something is not going to get better, We have a choice. We can wish that things were different. We can wish that somebody would change their mind. We can wish that we lived somewhere else, that we had a different family, that somehow something was not the way that it is. And we could spend all our energy railing against it or throwing the cards in the air or banging our fists on the floor and saying, it's not fair. Or instead, we can ask ourselves, 
Who do I want to be in this situation? How do I want this to turn out? What can I do? Who can I be to support myself in this circumstance? Because when we are accountable to ourselves and we can offer ourselves the support we need, that ripples out to everyone around us. And I'm not saying that we have to be strong and we have to suppress our emotions and always show a positive face. What I'm saying is be honest, be vulnerable. Take responsibility for yourself, not to fix, not to solve, but to show up as who you want to be, as how you want to show up. Instead of sitting on the not fair couch, find a seat on the what is couch. And use that understanding, that awareness, that acceptance to help you decide how you're going to show up next. Not only for your beloveds, but most importantly, for yourself. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening and take the best care. Thank you so much for listening today. To share your comments, your questions, your ideas, and to reach Pam directly, please email coachpamdavis at gmail.com. If you'd like to find out more about Virginia's work, please visit her website, www.vlbassi.com. We look forward to joining you again next week. And remember, change is an inside job.